Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration. Sharing tips, tools, and talk, we're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. Danielle Freitag with Real Talk Podcast. And it's just me today, you guys. Um, my co-host, Jenna DeYoung, is in Malawi, Africa. Lift her up in your prayers. She and her husband, Mike, are doing the things of the Lord and sharing the gospel in the nation. And next podcast episode, friend Corinne Martinez-Santinelli will be joining me. And you guys are going to love her. She's fire anointed woman of God. I am excited to just talk with you guys today. It's the 1st of June as I'm recording this, and June is actually one of my favorite months. Uh, But of course, let's be real, um, when June occurs, we know that there is a pushing of an agenda and um, really just a month to actually have a conversation with your children about what the rainbow really means, right? It's June, we know what happens in June. As Bible-believing Christians, we can love, but that does not mean we come into an alignment or agreement um, with what is not um, biblical, with what is not sound. And, you know, I'll be the first to say that I have still um, friends who, whether they are still in the commercial sex industry or not, that have either at one point in time or are now, um, you know, experienced the confusion of same-sex attraction. And that's just what it is. And if you want to hear more on that topic, please go back to our podcast episode with Tyler Miller. Fantastic um, interview with him. Um, But this podcast episode, I actually want to talk to you about the garden. Welcome to the garden, right? It's June and flowers are in bloom. Again, it's one of my favorite months. And this June, our organization, Action 169, is actually having a garden workshop in Fairmont, Minnesota. And we are so excited. Um, The event is sold out as of today, may open up a few more tickets. Um, But we are going to be coming together to really have an experiential um, time together, worshiping, seeking the Lord, seeking His Word, um, what He has to say, but then also really along with that, creating a mixed media garden. Now, the theme of the garden has been so important to me in the time of restoration, coming out of the things that I did, getting sober. God has used the theme of a garden in my life um, to really come into full restoration. And so I want to share with you a couple things about the garden. Again, it's June. Flowers are in bloom. I I love the month of June. Um, But this is actually a quote directly from the second book I wrote, um, the series, The Garden Keys. And this volume two, Awakening Daughter, Awakening Daughter Zion, is all about um, awakening. And right, so the word paradise refers to a garden, right? So you think about the Garden of Eden, paradise. Um, The really beautiful thing is that rabbinical teaching tells us that there are four levels of Torah, and that the acronym for these four levels is PARDES, or P-A-R-D-E-S, 
which in Hebrew um, is paradise. So the Torah, right, the word, the Torah, the law, is actually the teaching of the law of God as revealed to Moses and recorded in the first five books of the Hebrew scriptures. So Eden, as in the Garden of Eden, of the Almighty's blessing and delight. Isn't that amazing? The word of God can produce the Almighty's blessing. So there are two Hebrew words that translate to flower. Now, I hope I get the pronunciation right. Forgive me if I don't, especially especially those of you versed in Hebrew. Um, but parak means to break forth, sprout, bud, or burst. And another word, um, this one I always have a hard time pronouncing, but it's spelled T-S-U-W-T-S. This evokes images that shine or sparkle. Right, So flowers are really a tangible image of beauty and the way they bloom, take root and grow, um, makes them a really good image for spiritual themes. Um, perhaps it's why the, the tabernacle and the temple, temple were uh, filled with flowers. So really everything is better in a garden, and there are so many life lessons that we can learn from the garden. Now, I'm going to share with you today two life lessons from a garden. These teachings, this teaching is going to be included in the garden workshop um, presented by Action 169 on June 24th. Um, again, attendees are going to be making a mixed media garden, and this actual creative style workbook is going to be available as an ebook. Um, available on the Action 169 website in no time. Um, but we're so excited about it. And I'm so excited. This has been just a dream to, to be able to put together a uh, experiential workbook based on the books that the Lord gave me to write several years ago. So life lesson number one, okay? We're actually going to talk about identity, right? The Rose of Sharon. And you guys have probably heard this message before, right? There's so much we can learn from this, and it's one of my favorite teachings in Scripture. So the rose, right, is considered to be the most perfect and strongest of all flowers. In chapter 35 of the book of Isaiah, um, there is a place called Sharon. Sharon is mentioned, which is a, um, think of a large valley, plain. Uh, during Solomon's time, Sharon was considered a wild, fertile plain filled with flowers. So just imagine beautiful flowers in a wide open field. Um, this place, Sharon, known for its beauty and majesty, much like a garden, might be admired. Okay, so the phrase, you've heard it, Rose of Sharon, comes out of the Old Testament in the Song of Solomon. I am the Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valley, Song of Solomon, or Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 1. I am, you guys say this, pause for a second, repeat after me. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. So the term has been used to reference Jesus and rightfully so. He is perfect in nature, his personality, and thus he can be considered the rose of Sharon. But in all actuality, the person saying she is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley is the Shulamite woman. King Solomon's bride. Oh, this just gives me goosebumps. I love this. The bride in this passage represents the body of Christ. You and me, believer, remnant, follower of Jesus Christ. The Shulamite woman knew who she was in the king's presence. Let me say that again. The Shulamite woman knew who she was when she was in the king's presence. So when she was in front of Solomon, she said, 
I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Maybe it's because of how he looked at her. Um, She called herself the rose of Sharon, but she was bold enough to speak out her own identity in the face of love because of his love for her. I just love that. It is in God's presence that we find out who we really are. It is in God's presence that you find out who you really are. It's in his presence that we can awaken with courage, right? So the master gardener who fulfilled the Torah is Jesus. He is the one who helps us to see who we really are by replacing the weed-like lies and truth with truth only in the face of the sun, only in the face of Jesus are we able to see ourselves and others as God sees. And this, friend, is what I pray for you um, to really receive a revelation of who you are. Do you know how much God loves you, how he sees you as beautiful? Even the scriptures say holy in Christ, holy. So in the garden, we come face to face with love that makes us new by changing our thoughts and our actions to reflect his love. Now, this is a favorite quote for me. Uh, One of my all-time favorite childhood books is Yes, the Secret Garden by Frances, Frances Hodgson Burnett. And she first wrote the book in 1911. But one of the quotes from the book is the following. And the secret garden bloomed and bloomed and every morning revealed new miracles. Right? In a garden, in relationship with Jesus Christ, there blooms every morning, new miracles. May you know who you are in Christ. All right, that's lesson one. And lesson two, we're going to do one more lesson from the garden, is understanding Jesus as the door. Okay, so there are several scriptures where Jesus says, I am the gate, right? He actually talks about being the way, the truth, the life. He is the door. He is the way into the garden. Now, for any of you who have watched The Secret Garden, maybe you've read the book that Frances Hodgson Burnett wrote, The Secret Garden, um, but it was Mary Lennox, right, the character who said, I think I'll look for the door into the locked garden. The really neat thing is that she had hope As a little girl and even as a grown woman, for me, I too searched and found what I was looking for in a man named Jesus. You know, he he became more real to me than the ones who I had known in Egypt, the place that I call the Iron Furnace, which for me was addiction and the commercial sex industry, as well as the torment in the mind that came along with that lifestyle. Now, it was Jesus who said, I am the gate, John 10, verse 9, I am the gate. Jesus actually used the symbol of the door when he said he was the gate. So the Greek word thura, usually meaning door, can also mean gate. The way into the garden is through Jesus himself. I had stepped in, and believers, for anyone, right, we get to step in. Jesus as the door. Jesus as the door. It was Jesus who said, I am the gate. I am the gate. So I pray that you would know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Recognize what he did for you on the cross, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and to know who you are now, seated in heavenly places, 
right? Belonging to Christ. So Jesus is both the breaker and the gate or door through which his sheep, us, the remnant, go through to enter into Zion, the new Jerusalem, right? He made a way for us to break out of entanglements that keep us enslaved. For me, it was addiction. It was money in the sex industry. It was a false um, self. But Jesus, because of what he did, like coming out of all of that, coming out of entanglements is a reality for anyone who comes to him. He's the leader in an exodus out of slavery and into an eternal garden. This kind of exodus or breaking forth resembles a kind of waging war in wisdom that is reflected in the choices that we make, right? Now, my choices have really changed from now until from, you know, a decade ago or even, oh my goodness. So 2006 is when I got sober. Everything changed. When I gave my life to Jesus, everything changed, it's also take, taken a kind of working out my faith, right? Seeking Jesus, coming to him as my rock and my refuge, no matter what happens in life. So my question to you, have you entered into the garden of your life through the door? Have you entered into the garden of your life through the door, Jesus Christ? I'd sure love to hear about it if you have. And you can always message us at Real Talk Podcast by sending a simple email to info at action169.com. We'd love to hear your testimony, possibly even meet with you, share, even on the podcast. But those are the two lessons I wanted to share with you today. Jesus, right, as the door and the rose of Sharon. We become, we become known in Christ. We become who we really are when we go through the door, when we seek Jesus we understand ourselves as the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, right? Isn't it beautiful? Now, there's so many other lessons from the garden. And this quote, um, this is from somewhere in my book. <laughs> I actually don't know exactly where, but I love it. I think it's in the second book. So volume two, and let's see if I can find it here. So yes, volume two, the greatest love story ever told is coming around full circle from the Garden of Eden at the beginning of time to the Garden of Gifts. We received gifts when Jesus was in Gethsemane, where he laid down his life, to the Garden of Golgotha, where death was overcome, and all the way to paradise, the Garden of Eternal Life. So many garden themes in Scripture. Adonai is leading us into a place of delight, where flowers are in bloom and thistles and thorns cannot destroy. And Jesus is the way. Jesus is the door. May you awaken to this truth. May your relationship with Christ grow. May you receive and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And may you learn as you enter into this garden of your life how to tend your garden. So I just want to leave you with this final note. Where you tend a rose, a thistle will not grow. And that is a quote from The Secret Garden. But there are several things that we can do to tend our own garden. Check for weeds. What are the weeds that need to be removed from your garden? Are there certain thoughts that need to be rooted out? Certain lies about who you are? Behaviors? I want to encourage you. Identify it. Pray about it. Give it to the Lord. Invite him in. 
final lessons from the garden. And I'm just going to, I'm going to read these. This actually comes from the new ebook that is going to be going along with the garden keys, the uh, experiential workbook. Stand tall, but humble. Be proud of what you achieve, but be grateful to God who gave you the idea and led you on the right path, right? The glory goes to him. Have hope and faith. Know that the sun always emerges from the clouds. Drink lots of water. (laughs) Yes, drink lots of water. Living water, which is the word of God, giving you life, lighting your path, right? The word. May we be hungry for the word of God. Keep yourself connected to the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. Stay grounded and present. Now, this is something I'm actually really working on as a mother, being mindful, staying in the moment, being grounded and present when I'm with my daughter, not doing anything else, not being on my phone. A couple other lessons. Make friends. Surround yourself with other believers who will encourage your faith, who are growing in their faith, who are safe. Become the best you, your true colors, and be honest. Always be honest. Honesty. Honesty is foundational to a life that experiences restoration to a life that grows in the garden. You've got to be honest with yourself, who you are, right? Be honest with yourself and with others. Be honest about what you're really going through. Take your time. Bloom when you're ready. There's no need to rush. And know that roses need to be fed often. Now, somehow I have managed to grow a beautiful rose bush over the last, I'd say, 12, 13, 14 years. And um, it does need pruning. It does need care. And it's actually really beautiful. I can see it outside my office window. Um, But definitely roses need care. It is almost impossible to kill a rose bush by pruning it, um, over pruning it. So just know that if, if any of you out there are you know, tending to rose bushes or gardens, it's almost impossible to kill a rose bush by over pruning. And one final little note is that it takes both sun and rain for a flower to grow, right? So restoration um, is a theme that is so near and dear to my heart. And I pray that you would grow in the garden of your life. Um, and final note that I want to leave you with is beloved, you are an image bearer of the most high God created in his image. He said, right, I will create them. I'm creating them male and female. He created them in the image of God. And he does make everything beautiful in the right time. It's a promise in scripture. Keep looking to him, follow him and watch as he makes you a well-watered garden, a spring of water whose waters never fail. Isaiah 58:11 The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be a well-watered garden like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. I pray this bless you friend. A lot of this content you can find in The Garden Keys volume 1 and volume 2 and also as mentioned our new well, it's an ebook, but a workbook that will guide you through creating an actual mixed media garden where you learn how to draw, sketch a rose, 
use watercolor to paint, create garden walls, identifying boundaries, drawing vines, talking about being in the vine. It's a whole garden theme. I just speak blessing over each of you. Thank you for listening. And until next time.